the idea is that is a is a fine juice, you know, no matter where they no matter where they're at. And and thank God that you know I'm African American, so I could go into these places, these areas, you know, where it's like all these secular people or whatever, and be like, hey, I'm here, I'm here, you know, and and try to pull as many Jews out and say, come over here, I'm gonna take you to a better party. I got another party, you know, you can come to. You know, your ancestors, you know, used to chill at this party too. We're just talking about it. It's uh, so yeah. That's kind of my vote, I feel like. This is a podcast from the mystical city of Tzfat, Israel, about Judaism and living a Torah-observant lifestyle. We discuss a wide range of topics, including spirituality, everyday struggles, current events, and interviews with interesting people. All this from the perspective of two young Balei Tshuva who made Aliyah. Welcome to the pod. So we just wanted to invite uh, Mordechai Ben Avram as our first guest to the Two Hasids in a pod. We're really excited for this. Um, Mordechai is a, a holy Jew I've known of for a few years now in Jerusalem. We learned that uh, the first yeshiva I ever went to at Or Sameach. And um, cool. he has an amazing story coming from the West Coast, the farthest West you can go in the world, and uh, coming here to the Middle East, to the heart, the heart of the world, to Jerusalem, to, to learn Torah and to come close to Hashem. Um, that's enough of an introduction for now, and uh, we'll go into it. So uh, how are you doing, Mordechai? Great. Uh, first, I just wanted to thank you guys for having me on the show. Like, I've, I've been seeing advertisement for the show, and I, and I watched a couple of episodes. I was like, man, this is cool. Like, this is, like, so needed. And, and I just, like, wanted to be a part of it. So, like, you know, so, so it's a, I'm really honored to be on here. Um, yeah, like, I mean, uh, I guess, I don't, wow, 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 wow. We're, we're <laughs> close to uh, Rosh, Rosh Kodesh Adar. Yeah, you have a lachaim over there. Yeah, lachaim, lachaim. No, I wish, I wish, I wanted, to, I want lachaim, lachaim. We'll drink wine for you. I want to get some. Yeah, I, I, pre, I appreciate, appreciate. I like that accent. Yeah. Um, so in in short, yes, I, I've been at Or Sameach. I mean, right now, like I haven't been in yeshiva like since like right before Rosh Hashanah. Like that was like my last zaman. But before that, it was like four and a half years there. Wow. And uh, just. Yeah, full time and um, just a lot of learning and eventually turned into a teacher there and all types of stuff like that. But yeah, I was living in Los Angeles, um, regular guy, grew up in the, with the area called the Valley, played sports. You know, this, uh, a friend of mine, his father said to me when I was a kid, he said, there's three ways to become wealthy. He said, you get into the um, real estate business, high finance or entertainment. And so um, I got into entertainment and, you know, uh, I didn't become wealthy. LA's the place you know? for that. LA is a good place for entertainment. Yeah. Anyways, because point is, um, my family got involved in the Kabbalah Center. Um, we were we were there for like close to a decade, and that really um, shaped a lot of like my outlook on life, and that inspired me to want to leave the Kabbalah Center and uh, learn more about the Torah. And I uh, went through an Orthodox conversion. I was finished in uh, 2013 in the 15th of Elul, and uh, which is like my birthday, I guess now. And um, I was in LA for a couple years after that. It was just like I just had such a hunger for a life, and I got offered to come to Orsamak, and phew, the rest is history. So I want to go back to you mentioned I didn't know that the Kabbalah Center was what brought your parents. Um, I guess closer, and what got you eventually to to introduce to this world. I also, I grew up uh, 
somewhat religious, but like when my dad took it up to another level, uh, when I was around 11, and actually the first two Shabbatot were in, uh, were in the Kabbalah Center. And uh, it was a crazy experience for me as a kid who barely knew anything about Judaism. I was in the Amidah, in the, you know, the, the silent prayer uh, on Shabbat, and I come back to take my three steps back. And I turn right, and there's a guy praying next to me, a guy praying next to me with a huge cross on his neck. <laughs> and like it turns out that like I'm right now <laughs> bowed bow down to a cross and I'll say shalom. Oh, and no. I grabbed my dad and I was like, we gotta get out of here. And the next the next Shabbat we are already in a in a proper Orthodox shul in Miami, like you know, back on the path. But uh, that's that's really interesting. Kabbalah Center in uh, in uh, L.A. Ashton Kutcher was there. Well, um, L.A. had an cr- yeah. interesting crowd yeah. in the Kabbalah Center. Yeah, that actually. When yeah, I, was, I mean, you know, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, right. please. No, I was just really surprised when you said that. You, I read also about you that your parents really got you into this, right? And I'm, you, you said that your parents like went into the Kabbalah Center, really got into Jewish religion, and then I, I was really surprised because me as a as a kid, as a young kid, I would never listen to my parents <laughs> <laughs> if they would tell me anything or any advice. Um, but but you were like, what what made you basically the question? What made you click that you were like, oh, this is uh, interesting. Yeah, um, you know the thing is, so um, I have a I have a book coming out, and the book, you know, is um, the title of it is Mind of the Black Jew. And, you know, interesting enough, the book doesn't talk anything about race at all, but it takes some really fundamental concepts because, you know, the, the, the black Jews in the Torah, he's not thinking about race, right? Yeah. So anyways, um, you know, it goes into some really interesting uh, concepts that really developed, you know, my hashkafa and really, you know, made me want to just leave my own personal Mitzrayim and, and join the Jewish people. But one of the main ideas, and I think you guys would appreciate it, that the book starts with a premise I use quantum physics as a, as a premise and to start the discussion. And so quantum physics says the human eye sees less than 1% reality. And, and not only does the human eye only see 1% of reality, the, the, the human eye doesn't see. It actually absorbs light particles, and it sends these light particles to the back of the brain where images are formed. And so quantum physics says that there's a whole 99% around us of energy that's happening and, and movements of energy and they call it like string theory and and um, they have all these really creative names for it but a lot of the, these ideas that science is now tapping into is like the basis of jewish understanding meaning that we believe that there's a physical world and a non-physical world we believe that there's a human body that you can see but there's a human soul that you can't see we believe in Gashmias and Rukhnias, Shefa and Malchus. We, we believe in these, these parallel dualities. And we in the Shem, the Shem knew that the human being would only be able to see what's in front of it, that 1% reality. And the whole 99% around us, we would be like oblivious to. And you could argue that that was the gift of the Torah, right? And the gift of the Torah was allowing us to tap in to this energy. So I grew up in the suburbs where, you know, people were very successful and my parents were successful, my neighbors were successful, you know, financially. And so when you grow up in such an environment, you're really looking for answers. You're really looking to what's more, you know, do I make more money than my father? Do I make more money than my neighbors? You know, this, whatever. Do I need a bigger car, bigger Mercedes? What is it, right? And, um, 
And, uh, you know, my dad, when I was a kid, he, the first car he ever got me was a 500 Mercedes. And the reason why he said he got it for me, he said, because I don't want you to spend the rest of your life trying to get one of these, because it's not a big deal. And um, so that was, just like a, that was a great lesson. But the point is, is saying that when I went to the Cabal Center, and I think even my family at the Cabal Center, it was the first time as us as non-Jews were exposed to this type of thinking. Because you don't see this type of thinking in Islam. You don't see it in Christianity. You know, you may be glimpses in some Eastern philosophies, but this idea that I have a soul and my soul in the same way that my body does needs nutrients. And, and if my soul doesn't have these nutrients, I'm gonna have a miserable life. And I can make all the money in the world. I can have all the physicality. My high school, I went to Calabasas High School, which is one of the more affluent areas in the United States, but we had the second largest, the second highest drug rate in the state of California, you would think. And so growing up in that, you know, it was like, dude, I need something for my soul. I didn't even know I had a soul in that context. I didn't know my soul was like a living entity that needed nourishment and support. Sorry, it's because her, um, so that was the beginning of it. And then the tools of the Torah and the Siddur and, and, and Yom Tov and Shabbos and Kashus and all these tools that Hashem gave us to bridge that gap from the 1% reality, that's what I call it in the book, the 1% reality, which is a physical reality, and the 99% reality, which is, you know, what we call Rukhnius and Shefa, the Arizal, you know, you guys up in Sfas, Arizal, he literally created a measuring stick for us to understand this 99% reality, all the way to the Shem, to uh, right before the goof. Amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. But your family, your family was uh, Muslim before the Kabbalah Center, or they still are? Well, they were, they were more, see, for my parents grew up in like Christian households, you know, and when they, in the 70s, it was like this big like intellectual movement with African-Americans because, you know, like in, in America, you know, black people were Christians because when they came as slaves, that was the religion of the original pilgrims, you know, that existed. So a lot of the, the religious idea that, it, that America was started with African American wasn't necessarily voluntary. And so my parents grew up in a generation that was like in the college and intellectualism. So they were looking in all types of stuff, Buddhism, Sufi, I mean, Taoism, this, all these same things. And eventually they did get involved in Islam. And Islam was the only idea that was presented to them that said that there's one God, you know, and, and it's not this guy on the cross, you know, with the Jerry curl, you know what I mean? It's like, there's, there, there's more, there's, there's, there's more than that. And, and so they got into what you call Sufism. Yeah. And Sufism was kind of like, like the more of like- Spirituality of Islam. That's what, that's what they got into. And they were really into like working yourself and going to therapy and becoming better people. So the traditional idea of uh, Islam that, you know, exists today and definitely here in Israel, you know, um, I wasn't, we weren't necessarily exposed to, we were exposed more to like esoteric ideas. And then that's why the, the integration to the Kabbalah Center was uh, very natural. Did your, did your parents end up converting or is it just uh... They, did they still go to the Kabbalah Center? No, I was, I was, I was like, yes, my whole family is still involved in the Kabbalah Center in different ways. Like, I have uh, three brothers and one sister. My sister, who's a professor at Columbia, her and her husband, they are very much involved in the Kabbalah Center. They go to the holidays. And I think she even talked about converting when she was in undergrad. And, um, you know, she was at Penn University. She was doing stuff for the Kabbalah. I mean, she met a guy, and he's not Jewish, so. Whatever, but you know, I, I I was a Yethro of the family. You know what I mean? Like I'm the one who um, 
you know, went all the way and I couldn't live without it. And it's not something that I really necessarily wanted. You know what I mean? Like I was very happy in my life. I was working uh, in an entertainment space and I came from intellectual family and, and all these types of things, but it literally, it grabbed me, you know, it's like, it just grabbed me and it, it gave me, like, I remember the first time uh, when I went to the Cabal Center, for example, and uh, the first time I ever went to a dinner, uh, a Shabbat dinner. First, I went to the, the, the service, and they have like a callback type minion type of a thing there. The one I went to was very callback type minion. You had these people jumping around and banging and stuff. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then they have these ideas like, they have these Kabbalistic ideas like Tukuna Nefesh, right? So you got these people going down their arms. And I'm like, what's going on? I'm, you know, I'm African-American guy from LA. You know what I mean? Like, what, what's going on? And, and so we went to this dinner, this dinner, and you know, like you said, you have all these celebrities there, but I was sitting there and we were singing these songs and all that. And this is, I didn't know these things existed, okay? It's just like, I went to, it's a whole random story how I got into Kabbalah but the point is saying, I was, um, I was there and then the next morning, I woke up in my bed Saturday morning and I was like, what happened last night? Like, what, what am I feeling right now inside of me that I've never felt in my entire life? And why does it have anything to do with Jewish stuff, you know? And it was just like, yeah. And it just kept going on and on and on and on. Like, you know, eventually I started coming to Saturday services and Torah readings and all this type of stuff. And so in the U.S., did you, like, when did, no, the, no. When did the Orthodox, like, when did, when did you switch communities? When did that happen? And, like, conversion, like, what clicked that? Like, like okay, no, yeah. I, I, I need to keep Torah and mitzvot, not just some spiritual practice. Yes. So the thing is, is that my family was like, you know, involved with the Cabal Center. Actually, my mom even worked there for a little while. Um, you know, she was in the education thing, whatever. She was a professor. But um, I became very close friends with uh, the the founder of the Cabal Center. His name was Rob uh, Yehuda Burke. I mean, Rob Rob Burke, and his son Yehuda. I became really close with. So we just became friends and we used to chill and everything and I used to help him with marketing stuff on the side but he's the one who really introduced opened up a lot of the conversations around additional connections and these additional these additional connections were like things like diving during the week and wrapping to fill in and 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 this idea of keeping Shabbat and eating kashuts and he introduced me to books like the Gemara and all these different things just showed me that they even existed and I was just so empty in essence you know like my soul was just so empty that it was like any little piece that i was given that give that gave me more kadusha more light i was like i was like a crack feed you know just doing like, in life give me more time? uh this time i was um let's see what when, when was this time so what is it what were they called the new jack boys the jerk uh is there uh, so yeah yeah it was actually a lot i mean a lot of stuff was around that so i i worked for warner brothers um warner music they i was um like the vp of new media uh there and i just like came up with creative ways on how to like make money for them but yeah i was just like taking like um you know um culture like fashion culture dance culture and and taking music artists and we're spinning it to movies and in, 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 in clothing, merchandise, and in, in TV stuff, and whatever. So it was just, I was just in Hollywood, you know, just jumping from red carpet to red carpet, and just, you know, hanging out, and just having a great time. But I did have this spiritual part of me, which was, you know, being at the Kabbalah Center, and that was kind of like a thing for me. But um, 
I remember uh, after I converted, for example, like I had this movie set up. You know, I've done a couple of uh, feature films, like executive producer, and I had this film set up, and it was like this really crazy, amazing idea. And it's like right at, because, you know, before you convert, you don't realize how dramatically your whole existence is going to change. You look at it like, okay, you know, they're going to draw a little blood. They're going to put me in the mikvah. All right, life, go, life goes on. Life goes on, you know. And um, I just remember getting out of the, the mikvah, and I just wanted nothing to do with the entertainment business after that. I was like, get this stuff away from me. Like, and it wasn't like I was anti. I just wanted nothing to do. I wasn't even the same person. It's like, I, my whole life I used to love Sprite, right? This is a small thing, but it's a big thing. I love Sprite my whole life. <laughs> after I converted, I couldn't stand Sprite. I only drank Coke, you know? It was Makes just like random stuff like this. <laughs> it's the demon. Yeah, the juice yeah, totally. Coca-Cola. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, I was very impressed with the converse. My yeah. dad himself is a convert. I'm like, I don't know if I would be able to do this. Like, yeah, I, I, I mean, to pick, to take upon 613, like we just read about it with Yitro, right? Like in the parasha, to take upon Torah and Mitzvot is not a simple thing at all. I mean, oh, you, yeah, and you went even parasha. further with it, Mordecai, because yeah. you went Hollywood to Me'asharim. <laughs> <laughs> you're like you're not even did like spiritual practice and you stayed in your life like you went from one of the most affluent places in the world <laughs> like, to like one of the toughest places in the world to live one extreme to the other well the thing is first of all when i first came to israel i had never heard of marishari in my life okay um that's a good thing probably you know it was just <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i knew i knew nothing about it but my yeshiva was my yeshiva was is in Maladafin, as you know, and it's like Shimon right, twenty two. Exactly, right, right behind it, you know, you you have base Israel, you know, sure. and so I was in my thirties, so I couldn't, you know, I was too old to live in the dorms, you know, so I had to get my own place. Mm. So I've been paying for my, I paid for my whole existence since I've been here, but um, you know, when I found they set me up in Mir in the Mir yeshiva, they have a whole dorm system there, and so all of so. All the way through Israel, I've been living with Mir Yeshiva Bakro, you know, which really shaped a lot of uh, myself. But I mean, I love Mir Sharim so much. Like, it's like, I, I just, I have, so, like, I mean, I, I, it is a difficult place, but it's like, it's not difficult from the con, it's, it's difficult when the people of Mir Sharim don't know that you're down with them and you're not judging them and you're not trying to disrupt anything. So I have so many friends. When I got engaged, there was a group of Hasidim, two of which I knew, the rest of them I didn't know. They came to my dira to let me know that they were davening for me to beat my Bashir. So like, I have like so many stories. This is like Hasidim, Hasidim, like they've never seen anything in their life. Like, like never seen, like I've been invited over to people's houses in Mirashayim just cause they're like, we have an actual black person here. Check it out, you know what I mean? But, but it's love though, it's love, it's so much love in Marisharim, and, and, and also the area I live at is an area called Roche Zacharia. And it's right behind Manny's bookstore. And it's an area where it's the oldest, one of the oldest yeshivas in Marisharim, it's an all Tamani yeshiva. So I have all these Tamani guys who live around there and they're dark, guys darker wow. than me. Yeah, yeah, so it's a very integrated part of Marisharim. If you go a little bit behind that on Marisharim Street, it's more like Yashalmi, it's, it's more like, um, you know, um, Hasidish in that way, but it's a very integrated part of Mersharim. So me so, yeah. being there wasn't such a, wasn't such a Hiddish, you know? 
So you have you're saying you have different like Balichuva movements, kind of like communities inside Measuri. Not Balichuva movements. It's uh, Hasidim groups of Hasidim. Mm-hmm. Zatmar. Yes. Uh, I'm asking because, for example, here in Sfat, you have like Balichuva communities, and then like yeah, but think how we Breslev have like the whole Breslev, right? Breslev. It's not there might be Balichuva there, but that's like a section of Tzfat that belongs mm-hmm. to Breslev, right? Like that's their neighborhood, and then you have Chabad up in Canaan. Yeah. So there is a Meisharim. Each like as they came, Meisharim is the the first neighborhood outside of the walls. Um, Do you have a movement so. you connect with, or like a Rebbe you f- you feel uh, very connected to? Uh, I mean, like on Rosh Hashanah, like since I've been here, um, except for the last Rosh Hashanah, I've been with Yaakov Hillel. I've been, I've been, I dive in by him. He's, he's a big Sephardic person. Um, like Kuba. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, yeah, it's, it's big people. And I mean, there's this, I mean, the thing about Mir Shari, it's like the guy who's, the guy who's selling Kugel. At the random pl- at the random store knows all of shots. You know what I mean? So I mean, there's some famous people, but like the the level of hashkafa and acumen is just it's. Every- I have friends that do the most simple jobs, and if you sat down and talked to them for ten minutes, will blow your mind and and what they know. I'm talking about knowing stuff, memorized ball pay. I knew this guy who who could who knew what the daf was based on the shape of the page, how it was organized. You know, so like. Wow. Uh, it's a different it's a it's a different um it's a different place different vessels yeah wow. so what is, i have a friend that's um thinking now of coming i don't know if you know miami well but i'm from miami uh, sunny isles collins avenue um i have a friend that's trying to come right now to yeshiva um from a from a place like that you know that's like living on the beach condos um living by himself 29 years old and only now he's coming into chuva and he's gonna have to go to a yeshiva most likely split a room with someone else um, what advice do you have for someone that, that, you know, that has to come from a very American Western uh, comfort life, materialistically, I'm speaking, um, and now he's trying to acquire spirituality and obviously his material side is going to be gravely affected. Um, what advice would you give a person like that? Well, you know, the thing is, I remember when... Um when I was converting, right? So I was at the Kabbalah Center and I came to Israel already. I came here for Rosh Hashanah, Israel. When I, you know, when I came to Israel, actually, I knew I wanted to become Jewish, but it didn't happen to like another several years. Like I, when I came to the Kevra Siddiquim, I was like, I'm done. This is it. I don't want to do anything mm-hmm. else, you know? Especially, and especially when I came up to Spas, it was just like a huge experience for me. But I remember like, I had like, kind of like, you know, you come in the Jewish community and it's like, it's a very humbling experience coming from outside because you're kind of like, um, you're basically begging people to join them, you know, like accept me into this environment, you know, and you're begging Hashem, you know? And, and so it's kind of like, it's a very humbling thing. And, you know, if you're used to being like a big person and like, you know, influential or whatever, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, it's a, it's a huge shift. You guys there? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, so it's a huge shift. And so I remember I kind of like had this thing going where I like, I felt like I was already Jewish, you know, when I first left the Kabbalah Center and I was going, I was like, yeah, I know this and I know that. And I know about this and the Zohar and all this type of stuff. And this one rabbi took me aside and he says, okay, you know, it's cool that, you know, you had this great experience at the Kabbalah Center. He said, but um, he says, if you don't embrace completely that you're not a Jew, he said, you miss out on the opportunity 
of conversion. He said the conversion is one of the greatest gifts that God gave to humanity, that a person can literally take himself and transform his entire existence and then become something beyond his imagination or her imagination. And so I would say like anybody who's going into a new place or going into a new level of their life, the ability to convert yourself and to transform yourself. Okay, maybe you didn't, you didn't convert to Judaism, but you could convert your thinking from the need of the perception of materialism to the need for Lucius. And, and, wow. and the person that you become through that process, it's like you, you, can't, you, you can't go to college for that. You can't, you can't make a billion dollars for that. You know, you see so many successful guys, you know, I want to make a billion dollars, 10 billion, 100 billion dollars. It's like at the end of the day, you know what they want? They want to experience an altered state of consciousness where they're totally connected. We call it like Das Torah, you know, being able to be in this place of like connection, shlamish with Hashem. It's like that, that is what everybody's looking for. And so the whole context of conversion, the whole concept of transforming oneself, the one the whole thing of being a true bar, true bar, all these things, it's like, it's the ultimate gifts that, that God gave us. So it just depends how much you want to fly. I mean, you know, um, it's, if you want to fly, I mean, it's, it's here for you. But if you want to hold on, you know, to the Goyesha kind, I mean, it's like, whatever. That's like, uh, that leads us into the tech support, right? Like you're, you're coming to, to bring us a, a, a manual of some sorts, I guess. Um, talk about that a bit. What, what, is, what, are, what is your goal with this book? What are you trying to do? Um, and why text? Number one, um, I want to have a bestseller. I want, yeah, tech support for the soul. So the idea with tech support for the soul is basically on, you know, we just had the uh, partial Jethro on Har Sinai. What was given to us was this technology for the soul, right? Like the Torah, the mitzvot, you know, I think there's a famous, um, uh, Chabad is a famous mimer by um, by um, uh, the Alter Rebbe, and he talks about how the the mitzvot, the Torah and its mitzvot are like garments to the soul, and he goes into a whole process of how the, the Torah actually comes from Shemaim, and it only to it comes into like the this lower level of physical world that it turns into like ideas and concepts and eventually letters and words and pesukim and parshas and all these things, but it's literally Hashem's umbilical cord you know, coming down into this world. Wow. And so when we see the Torah in that way, then, and we see the mitzvot in that way, we can see that it's actually a form of technology. You know, in the same way that we're accessing, you know, this ability to communicate with, from each other from miles and miles away and having this conversation and a face-to-face -face conversation is, 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 is anyway, one piece, so on one level we can say it's consciousness, that we're using this computer to like, you know, express, you know, and in, 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 in that way, we have a technology that allows us to connect to hardcore protocol, which is beyond our logic, beyond our imagination, beyond our understanding of anything. And, and, and that connection is, is part of the, you know, the completion of why we're in this world. So the book itself, it's just like my, where I'm at right now, I'm just thinking revolution, you know, revolution through the Torah, revolution of ideas. I think all the secular ideas have played themselves out. I think now it's time for us Jews to really bring our wisdom to the table because the, the non-Jewish world has been built off of Jewish wisdom already. 
but it's, it's more so to advocate, you know, okay, you advocate for Israel, people can advocate for anti-Semitism, they can advocate for equality, but let's advocate for teaching the world what Shalom bias is, you know, teaching the world on the power of kindness, you know, teaching the world, you know, what it is to love unconditionally, but not just from these like, you know, because you have secular movements that talk about this, not Jewish movement, but we're talking about going inside and giving people a taste of that sweetness of our Torah that, that connects the whole process to God and saying, like, hey, you know what? You want to build a new society? You want to create new legislation? You want to form new companies? You know, why don't you take some of these ideas and our sages into account? So I look at myself as just a marketer for the sages. You know, I don't have any great ideas myself. I know a lot. Of, I know a lot of great ideas. I know a lot of great ideas. Why? Because I studied the Torah. You went from marketing Hollywood to marketing the sages. I like that. That's it. That's it. That's exactly what it is. You're elevating it to kedusha. So who's who's the book for? Is it for um, a, a Jew? Is it for a religious Jew? Is it for who's who? Who did you have in mind? Well, well, well. Right now, the pub the the publisher is a uh, Corin. Corin is my publisher. So they're the largest uh, Jewish book distributor uh, in the world. So everywhere that there's Jews, there's books. You know, God willing, the book should be there. It's going to be under one of their titles that they use for actually the, some of the books that have been bestsellers, some of the stuff with um, uh, Rabbi Sachs and Blessed Memory and, you know, things like this. So it's, it's, it's on that. So, I mean, it's, it's for the Jewish world, you know, but I want to really influence um, college departments for religious studies and Middle Eastern studies and Judaic studies and to bring in this um, more spiritual perspective of, um, you know, looking at the Torah versus just like, it's kind of like bottom line, factual points that, you know, most college kids get. But the idea is that it's a, a fine Jews, you know, no matter where they're, no matter where they're at. And, and thank God that, you know, I'm African American, so I could go into these places, these areas, you know, where it's like all these secular people or whatever, and be like, hey, I'm here, I'm here, you know, and, and try to pull as many Jews out and say, come over here, I'm gonna take you to a better party. I got another party, you know, you come to, you know, your ancestors, you know, you should chill at this party too. We're just talking Abraham's about there. it. Uh, so yeah. That's kind of my vote, I feel like. We're just talking about it. There's so yeah, many exactly. Jewish holidays. There's so many Jewish parties to go to. It's not like we're partying less now. We're in a it's time right now more. since Rosh Chodesh. Oh, you want to hear Every a two weeks, we have a holiday. You know, there's, I heard a funny joke. So this guy, he's, he's becoming Batshuva, right? And so he's hanging out with, like, these Chabad guys, whatever. And so, you know, he has his rabbi, and he's like, you know, you should, um, you should come with us for and spend a Shabbat with us. You know, you should come and spend a Shabbat. So he's like, okay, fine. So he comes, he, he does his Shabbat. And so he goes on Friday night and they're just like singing, dancing, drinking, you know, banging on the table, the whole thing. And then he goes, he goes, you know, uh, the next day he comes back for, for Shabbos day and they're just singing, dancing, l'chaims, 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 the whole thing. And then they come for third meal and they're still like singing at this and they have some l'chaims or the whole thing. Sounds so the next day, his, right, yeah. So his next day, his rabbi said to him, he says, so how was it? How'd you like it? He said, God, it was a lot of singing and dancing and there's a lot of drinks. There's a lot of alcohol. It's like a lot of drink. I had an amazing time. He said, you know what? I came to figure out one thing. I realize now why Jews don't drive on Shabbos. <laughs> <laughs> That's great.
We don't drink and drive, but we uh, drink and fly. We definitely do that. <laughs> yeah. We dive Very to the depths of the ocean and we fly to the highest parts of the sky. Right. That's amazing. That's, uh, yeah. that's a great joke. I, to wrap things up, man, I really want to thank you, Mordechai, um, for blessing us with some of your inspiration and your wisdom. Um, and you're definitely an inspiring story. Um, thank you for being the first guest. Um, what's, what's the title of the book? Yes. Tech Support. Tech support. Oh. Okay, so this is the title. The, yeah, it is tech support for the soul, it, uh, but it's, it's two parts of the title. There's mind of the black Jew, tech support for the soul. Originally, it was tech support for the soul, but we did this whole webinar uh, with Dr. Abramson, who's a. Uh, I who's saw a that. I watched it actually. Okay, so we did that. It sold out like 600 people in like like not even like two 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 hours. It was just because they had this title, Black Jews in their place in history. <laughs> so I thought to myself, I was like, you know what? I, yeah, I want to I get in that conversation. So I thought Tech Support for the Soul, oh, okay, it's a very good title for sure. Like any rabbi would be like, oh, wow, what a great title. And, but the mind of the Black Jew is just like, it just takes it to a whole nother dimension and, and, and everybody wants it. And, and so we'll see how it goes. I mean, only a show knows. But the point is, is like, Regardless of how well it does or how well or what it doesn't do, it's just it's just the idea of just being happy that I'm part of the conversation in this generation of sharing Torah, and that's what you guys are doing. And I'm looking forward to actually getting some of your merchandise. I mean, this the, the, the title, <laughs> the thing. I mean, you guys, yeah, merchandise is a no-brainer for you guys. Yeah, yeah we're working on it. Yeah, may may you be batslacha, may we all be batslacha in Jews closer. We're just trying to spread light. A lot true. of that's a yeah. big misconception people have about Jews. Really, our main goal is just to spread light, and it's not even our own light; it's all Hashem. Yeah. Um, so we've, we, we've got the book out there, if, um, but you're very active on social media. So if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Um, you want to maybe plug your Instagrams, your Facebook, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think, I think you know, the thing is, if you went on Google and you Googled Mordecai, Mordecai Ben Abraham, um, tons of like cool articles and things about my life, whatever, and my Facebook and Instagram and whatever. So I, I'm pretty lame. You could chart my whole life, like... I was involved in politics for a period. You could just find anything you, you know, like Shadukum, you know, you can find anything you want about me on Google. You know, it's all there. Well, good thing that resume is not needed anymore because uh, you got no, no. Your, you have your Eshet Chayel and everything sorted. Yes, 100%. Baruch Hashem, man. I, uh, again, a lot of bracha, a lot of atzlacha. May your book impact thousands of souls across the world. Amen which will lead man, man, to man. enlightening and empowering millions of people across the world, which will lead to billions, which will all be bricks to the Beit HaMikdash speedily in our days. And uh, thank you, man. Thank you a lot. All the best. And I look forward to, to, to being back. And, and if you guys, this is an idea, if you guys ever want to do it, I think I would love to do a panel of, with a group of other Garen and us just talking with you guys at some point, I think would just be, off the hook as well as you know we'll be yeah. the media so we're all here and, you know I'm, I'm just i'm glad to be on the show and yeah yeah you. i mean we could talk awesome. you know just talk jews need to talk jews need to talk and we're good at it all right so let's be in touch <laughs> thank <laughs> you so much <laughs> yeah. uh, all the issues and uh all right,